Jeremy, we're back. We are, and it's wonderful to be back. It is. I am actually, this is, I'm so excited for this week, but like not for a reason that I've really sort of have had before because I don't know. So we're doing battles this week. We're just like, I don't want to jump right in, but like, I'm so pumped to hear your list. Oh, really? I'm so excited for your list. So uh, listeners, I am JT. I really, really love Can't Hardly Wait. Jeremy? Yeah, you know, I'm Jeremy. JT, you're wrong. I mean, you're not like ultimately wrong, but you're at least when Harry met Sally wrong. Oh, good. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, So we're doing our best battle scenes this week because it's summer and summer is like big epic movies and blockbusters and stuff. And... As I was going through my list, my entire process was, oh, I bet Jeremy's going to like this one. Oh, I wonder if Jeremy will have this. Oh, I wonder if Jeremy... Because there's like, I have two lanes that I didn't go into that I feel like you probably could have in a way that I couldn't. And I'm so excited to see if I'm right or if I'm like way off base and we basically have the same five movies. (laughs) Well, I'm very curious now. I think I have a few pretty predictable entries to be honest i don't think this is like i don't think this is creativity at its all-time high for me but as we get into the pong and the five fast trademark news section whatever we're calling that thing uh i think that's when i have a lot of fun little quick entries but i i i kind of couldn't put the for lack of a better word cute picks as my actual top five because I just wanted to stand by, you know, I like to stand by that list, but I do have some predictions for you this week that I've written down. So I want to see how well I do. Okay. Um, I I think I have, I have a, I have an actual, these are the five I think you would put if you weren't playing your little games, trying to outfox me. (laughs) So we'll see how I do on that. Now let's, uh, did you have a, did you have any kind of, decision-making process rubric other than what might Jeremy pick? Uh, So I had the only thing that I kind of oriented on was trying to do um, like defining battle, right? Because you and I, the the one conversation that we had offline was like, this is not a fight, right? right? Like this can't be like two dudes or ladies like just going at it. Like that's not what this is. That, by the way, will be a a top five that we 100% will do. Um, But this is like battle, right? So like scale mattered quite a bit. And so I kind of had a scale rubric that I put together, which is like, is it big enough? And is there enough people or things for it to be classified as a battle and not just a fight? That was the only thing that I had to run some things through because funny enough, um, a couple things fell out because of that. And there's one that I have in Pong right now that I actually struggled because there was, it was a battle, but one of the things I wanted there to be was, was there actually battling as much as just Mm. like the idea of a battle is occurring which, you know, could be a director's choice. So there was one that, like, if you really think of it as a battle, I think probably is definitely a top five, um, but it didn't make mine. What about you? Uh, similar kind of concept. You know, I had to rule out pretty quickly the, you know, as they'd say, mano y mano moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, and I also got rid of anything that was, like, one versus X. So, like, there's an amazing, well, that's also its own interesting category. There's one V1 and then one VX. Yeah. You know, where X is greater than one, rising to infinity? Yep, sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, math has to be involved. When, so one of my criteria became, it had to be a really meaningful part of the movie 
It couldn't mm. be a throwaway scene in an otherwise. Um, it didn't mean that the whole movie had to be all war or battle scenes, but it just had to be that this was a meaningful battle in the movie. I didn't want it to just be a really cool scene, maybe in the opener that you sets things up, but then it sort of becomes forgotten. So sure. I had sort of a memorability criteria. I also, for how I really went down to like the top five and, and there is a semi violation here, but it's not horrible uh, is for me, the important thing to, to say what made that top five is that I wanted the battles to be well composed and, and, and well filmed to the audience. So uh, as an example of a movie that I, I will always sort of trash in, in a, for a variety of reasons, the entire Transformers franchises <laughs> has lots of fun fight slash battle scenes, but most of the time you're so disoriented as an audience member, you don't always know who's fighting who which robots that, where are they? Are they in the building, on the building? Did they tear the building down? You know, so I wanted to avoid scenes where you, movies that might have really, really cool battles, but if you if you couldn't watch it and know where everybody was or keep some track of it, I kind of, that, that was a bit of a threshold for me. Makes sense, that tracks. I'm down, yeah. down for all that. But yeah, I think I got a little predictable. Anyhow, I think we should... Dive into the Shawshank here. The Shawshank from our very first episode, the most rewatchable movie. We both declared it to be Shawshank. And we declared it so rewatchable that it became the ultimate of its category and therefore doesn't even need discussion. JT, mm -hmm. do you have an ultimate battle scene in a movie that otherwise does not need discussion? I I do, um, but I think it's on your list. And so I'm, I'm almost willing to just not even do it, to be completely honest. Well, I have one too, and in case it's the same one, then then we'll know we won't be uh, discussing that one. So I think we should we should go through our little journey, and then uh, we'll see what we want to talk about. Okay, so uh, I go first this week, right? I'm leading things up. You, sh you sure do. All right. So my Shawshank is from 2002, and my five words. I have. I tried to do a theme this week. You inspired me to theme last week, Ooh. so I tried to do a theme this week. Uh, Fortress fighting fires flying, Jeremy. Nice. I too have a theme this week. And by the way, we have the same, I mean, I presume the same movie. It would be very weird after that description. It's not the same movie. Right. So I too have a theme this week, which becomes more obvious as we go. Uh, this one is have fun defending the castle. Okay. All right. So go ahead. We're both picking uh, Lord of the Rings, the two towers. It's your movie. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the battle in particular is the Helm's Deep scene, Yep. which again checks all the boxes but it's actually yeah. called something else it's actually the battle of something else helms deep, helms just... deep. no see i thought when i was researching this because like this is the one that i didn't research as hard because i was like i don't really have to because jeremy will have this on his list somehow um but i thought it was actually called the battle of hornberg Ooh, what well, so the hornberg is the part of helms deep <laughs> Uh, it, it, I don't know how I'd answer that. You know, yes, and it, it's sort of both. It's uh, what would be a good analogy? Like, um, uh, if there was a battle over New York, but then there was also like the battle battle over Wall Street. There's sort of both okay. New York. Got it. I understand now. Yeah. Listen, I don't understand the world the way that you do. So when I was researching Helm's Deep, because I one of the things I try to do is I put the the name of the battle or the name of whatever with the title just so sure. to orient me a little bit. 
And I went, I was like, it's Helm's Deep. And then it's, I saw this thing that it's like, oh, it's actually the Battle of Thornburg, which is a blah, blah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to ask Jeremy. Uh, yeah, so this one doesn't need to be talked about. I mean, this is one of the most, cinematically, one of the most like impressive things done in film, period. Do you want me to spend twenty minutes nerding out on on what Hornburg is? Not really. It's the it's the it's the actual keep, the actual right. castle bit, right. but that whole region, that area, that that nook is Helm's Deep. Is Helm's Deep? Okay, got it. Um, all right. So, in an effort to not have you nerd out, let's. Uh, I will get started with my very very first pick. Uh, the one thing I don't know is I don't know what order I want to go in because I have like two and. I have like two and three, and they're kind of unintentionally organized, but none of them are speaking to me. So I'm just going to start with uh, the silliest one. I'm going to start with the silliest one. So July 9th, 2004. Go on. Okay. Uh, I'll give you Danny Trejo and Luke Wilson. Trail and 2004. At first, I was going to say it feel. I was going to guess a fear, Fast and Furious movie, but that's definitely not. No. Is there any chance this is The Expendables? No, but that was um, that's a good guess. All right, let's hear your five words. Talking, tussling, tearing, triumph, trident. Okay, oh four. This is before Aquaman. That's the right uh, word to key it on, though. You're on the right word. So it's it's after Waterworld. <laughs> yeah. What is a movie that features water and battles with Danny Trejo is the interesting one. It's not, this is not Con Air. No. Trident. Oh, this is killing me because I feel like it should be in my head somewhere and I'm just not coming up with it. But you also said it's silly. Mm-hmm. Mm, nah, I got nothing, buddy. What you got? Uh, so news team assemble. This is the battle from Anchorman with the news teams fighting each other. Wow, <laughs> this is silly. So wait, so this is this is not a fight. This is a battle. Well, here's the thing. There's four news teams. There's yeah. four guys on each news team, and it got pretty out of hand, right? Okay. I mean, Brick it- Brick killed a guy with a trident. He sure did. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I gotta be honest though. Until you just said that, I, I really didn't remember the Trident moment. But now, now I do. Uh, okay, all right, I accept. It's a, it's a skirmish. It's a def- skirmish. It's more than a fight because it's, it's more than a fight. It might be a brawl. Mm, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a medium-sized brawl, to be specific. To be specific. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, I just wanted to lean into my generation pretty hard on one pick. And this movie is... It, I thought of it jokingly, and I was like, oh, this will be a really good contender pong pick. Because clearly, I have significantly better scenes than this one. Um, but then I started thinking about all the things that happen inside of this one little scene in Anchorman. And it just made me laugh so hard. Like there's a grenade, somebody loses both arms. Like, like just there's a lot of very like there's like Monty Python level silliness happening in this one particular scene. It's also one of like the great, oh my God, why is this person in this movie moments? Like there's just like all of a sudden all these other people that you also love in that comedy universe all just show up. And yeah. it just it makes me laugh 
so, so, so hard. So they refer to it as a battle scene because it was actually uh, built <laughs> on the opening to West Side Story. Like that's why oh, that's they, fun. Like the whole thing is like in the beginning, it's almost shot for shot. And then clearly it takes a pretty hard left turn towards the ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it just, it made me laugh. This, this movie always makes me laugh. Generationally, Anchorman is a very important movie to, to my generation. One thing I do want to say though. So have you ever seen the original screenplay suggested actor list for this movie? I have not. Okay. So Farrell was there forever. Cause it's Adam McKay. Uh, champ was John C. Riley. Okay. Makes sense. There, yeah, different movie, but but he'd work in it no, yep. just fine. And right. I also I also wound up finding out that he the only reason so he was supposed to be in this movie and he said no because he was doing the Aviator, which is funny. Uh, Brick was supposed to be Chris Parnell instead of Steve Carell, which I see, mm. but like Steve Carell is Brick, like that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Brian Fantana was supposed to be Ben Stiller instead no. of Paul Rudd. Don't like that one bit. No. I would have enjoyed Ben Stiller in a small role in this movie. I like. Yeah. Sort of his dodgeball style. Well, he was. He was in this fight. He was the Mexican. Oh, uh, right, right, right. right <laughs> news right, right. team. Uh, right. Telemundo. And then Ed Harris was supposed to be Ed Harkin. Dan Aykroyd was supposed to be Garth Holliday. And Frank Vichard, which wound up being um, Vince Vaughn, was supposed to be Alec Baldwin. I, I like that cast too. But, yeah. but this is definitely in that generational world where, like, Anchorman is a movie I've seen a few times. I like it very much. But I can barely quote it the way you can. And most of it is faded from memory. Like every time, like I told you, I just rewatched uh, the Ricky Bobby yeah. movie there. And I had forgotten, like, I had forgotten about the cougar entirely. Oh, Cougar's like, a great scene. It's an amazing scene. And I had utterly forgotten. So I'll, you could tell me stuff about Anchorman that I'd be like, was that in it? I, I might not even have remembered it. Yeah, I mean, literally on a work call this week, I referenced the 60% of the time it works every time. Like my friends on a text thread quote this the way you and your friends talk about Fletch. Right, right, right. Which, which is why we're right. But uh, <laughs> I love that you picked this. I actually went really deep trying to find a comedy that would fit. Uh, I, I, I will just fess up. There isn't one for me. I considered strongly for a little while uh, Grail, Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Um, but... There's a, but it kind of hit the the really good ones are fight scenes. The one battle lasts about four seconds and it's hysterical, but doesn't just this is it's not this is how it gets in the list. There we go. That's it. I like yeah. that scene. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want listen. I there, I wanted because the rest of my list is going to get considerably more serious, and right. like it was I, it was getting heavy, and I'm like, ah, and then I looked at the rest of my stuff, and I'm like, all right, there. I'll talk about the one that should have been on the list that I didn't. Um, instead of this specifically. And it's because I was kind of conflicted about that particular one, which is what really kind of prompted me to put this in the list. Anyway, Anchorman, I'm not sorry. All right, moving on from there in an entirely different way. I assumed. Uh, I'm hitting up now sort of almost in order of the next one's basically the probably the real true Shawshank of the category movie for me. Um, I love the Helm's Deep moment. But this one, the only reason I didn't Shawshank is because I thought it would be fun to talk about for a while. Okay. So, 1998, IMDb's 26th highest rated movie of all time. Yep. You know where I'm going with this? So, uh, Dennis Farina and Vin Diesel were yep. the cast members. Yep. And uh, my five words for you are, all my love for you. 
Interesting. So I'm, I, I know that we're talking about the same movie. I don't know that I'm picking up the reference of your five words. I'm going to give you my five words, which was beaches, boats, bombs, bridges, brothers. Nice. Yeah. Same movie. Yeah. 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 Um, you'll, you'll figure out my theme with a couple more. It's I'll, I'll do a little recap in a, in a couple. Okay. I feel like there's something musical happening. Uh, so anyway, saving private Ryan is, is also, I'm assuming you're doing Omaha beach, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is also on my list. So we're going to have to share this one, but please take the floor. Yeah. So when this movie came out, I think it's important. So this is 98. You hadn't had a war movie of this kind of scale in a long time. War movies were huge in the 50s and 60s, kind of petered out in the 70s, you know, the last few kind of entries. And the 80s and 90s took very different ways of telling stories about war. They had Killing Fields and Platoon and all those kind of movies, which are much more the kind of personal journey, because that's what like the 80s and 90s movies were about. And then Saving Private Ryan shows up and it opens so hard with such vivid accuracy of, well, from from what I have read, sorry, uh, accuracy of what a battle on the beach would have been like. Mm -hmm. And apparently, again, just paid such attention to detail to tell it right. But the way they filmed it and the, the... Everything from the audio, the use of silence throughout that. I mean, that's throughout the whole movie, but the use of silence, even in this scene, this is rare moments where it gets quiet all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden it explodes with, with sound effects, the use of music and non-music. Um, I think, I think it's really important actually to talk about the audio of that Omaha beach scene, mm-hmm. because I remember just to sort of share that experience. I don't know if this was a final laser disc for me or first DVD for me, but it's in that sort of scope. But having this as one of those demo movies, like it'd be like, oh, you want to hear my little surround sound setup? Come on over. Let's watch the first five minutes of Saving Private Ryan for the 400th time. Right. Uh, and I've definitely seen it. I've definitely seen that scene at least 50 times. And the action stays up throughout. It never takes a beat. And per my sort of opening rubric thing, it's possibly the most orienting sequence you could have while you are disoriented as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're thrown into that kind of fog of war. You don't really know what's going on. But at the same time, when they're going from wherever Hanks is or to the back to the boats or to the to the Germans shooting, you know where everything takes place. And it's such a wild ride. It's so well done. Love this sequence. And I really do think it utterly captures what a perfectly shot battle sequence should be. That's my pitch. Yeah. So. I just, I just agree. Uh, this, this is probably 20, I think it's like a 23 minute film. If you go from when they like from open to when they walk, when they finally like clear, they clear the, like the bridges or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's interesting, right? So there, it was an $11 million shoot, this scene. And it was, there was over a thousand extras, a lot of which were from the Irish army. And they had like, they purposely went out and got 30 of them that were missing limbs. So they could do some of the stuff they did in the scene. Uh, the thing that Spielberg did that I thought was so crazy. So first of all, it was shot in continuity and all of his cameramen of which there were many uh, had full autonomy to shoot what they felt. So they would just start the scene and then his camera, the camera crew was just filming. Right. So it's like, it's going to start now and they would start and then that sequence would start and he'd have multiple cameras. They all had their, obviously their lanes where they couldn't, couldn't be to not catch each other. But then they had, you know, they basically had autonomy to be spontaneous if something cool was happening or if somebody was doing something interesting. Uh, 
I, I love what you said about orientation. This, this scene it, with a couple like head on Tom Hanks, when he gets fragged, start like the, that one moment, which is gripping. Um, it, it almost feels like you are with them. Like if you just like, you are a character in that part. Uh, a lot of the camera movement, like it's just so, it's so good. It's also so terrifying. Um, it was, there's so much accuracy that the department of veteran affairs actually set up a hotline for traumatized vets to cope. Like if you want to talk about how serious this is, right. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know that I can think of you. You're right. Other than like Helm's deep is kind of like the more fun choice, but like realistically, like if you, if you talk about a scene that probably like is the archetype for like how to do it right and not miss anything, it's probably this. Plus, Helm's Deep has Halder going down by some rando orc, and I'm just sort of still in the no way. But uh, I just wanted us to talk about this scene because I had a hunch you loved it too. Uh, And I, I, again, I remember feeling like this actually might bring back some of those classic war movies, which I used to watch with my dad as a kid, Bridge on the River Kwai, uh, Dirty Dozen, and then like the bigger ones, right? Longest Day, Bridge Too Far, all these, you know, great Great movies. Yeah, this is, it's so good. There's actually a quote, if you would allow me, that Tom Hanks said, which I thought sort of like encapsulated a lot of the stuff that I felt, which is it's a little long, but I'll, I'll speed through it. Um, so he was asked about the Omaha Beach importance, and he said, we were interlopers, of course. We had the audacity and the hubris to think that somehow we could capture some of what that place means in the history of the world. It turned out we sort of did, but at the end of the day, all you can do is kind of like bow your head in understanding of, you know, the great providence and what happened here. I don't think anybody who has some semblance of historical knowledge or even without it can go to a place like that and they are scattered all over France, all over Europe and not take pause there and think, what would I have done if I had been a 19 year old kid there on that day? Tom Hanks, everybody. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. That means you're up again because I am. I, we are 100% sharing Saving Private Ride. All right. Next up. The the third of three that could have also been in the Shawshank for the for the day. Okay. So we'll go all the way up to 2019. Okay. IMDb, IMDb 78th of all time. Wow. And these five words are not going to waste my shot. Um. So I have a 2019 movie. And I feel like knowing what came out in 2019, 2019, it has to be the same movie. It probably is. I forgot to give you the cast, by the way. So my two, which are, I mean, I think one is enough. Brie Larson. Okay, yeah. So this is the only one. We're going to share this one, too. Uh, This is the only one that I wasn't going to do my top five or my five words. I was just going to say, on your left. There you go. Uh yeah, so this is Avengers Endgame, everybody. Yep. And I think we're both talking about the 53-minute sequence from... we. You know, you could start it, actually, with the three of them fighting Thanos, but technically that's a fight. That's a fight. But since it does lead into On Your Left and et cetera, yep. it, it doesn't really matter. We're just going to say one of the most epic battle scenes is this. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the challenge I have with it, to be candid, is I don't think I do think there are multiple times you get a little disoriented, right? Like 
when Doctor Strange is holding the water back, I don't know what water that is. Yeah, you know, right. is that is that the Long Island Sound? Because we know it's in Westchester, <laughs> and I live in Westchester, so I'm not. You know, is that just some rando little stream somewhere? You know, that's a little unclear. Uh, it's a little unclear when they're kind of jetting around from place to place. The distance to get to the van to to bring the glove back to is a little yeah. hinky. As much as I love and I do the the women uh, women moment, it's I wouldn't have minded it as much if it weren't set up better. It's that it felt like all of a sudden they're all in the same location. Whereas had they spent just a few more establishing shots to see them sort of somehow getting into the same area, then you can still have your super powerful moment and not have it, your audience take just that moment to scratch their head. Because every time you do that, you sort of come out of that of that action. But I'll say I've watched this part of Endgame, I don't know, a dozen or so times at this point. It's maybe 10, but it's so much fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Uh, I cried again watching this, like again. Yeah. Uh, even though we've talked about this before, the, the, the crowd service, Captain Marvel, all female character thing as a girl dad just hits me in the feels in the worst way. Sure. And, and by the way, you're hundred percent right. All they had to do is just have like Gamora get knocked over and you see her and then somebody comes over and picks her up and then Captain Marvel comes in. So you've already established at least a couple of them are in the neighborhood. Right. Um, but it's still, it's still so good. I also think that in the realm of callbacks on your left, is one of my favorite subtle verbal callbacks potentially in any movie ever because Agreed. it's so subtle. Like the scene where he's just lapping him is not that important. Like it, it's not really right. establishing until this happens. But when he says on your left, dude, my like hair stands up. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> like, for sure. And, and the, and the, I mean, this is one of those, I think the use of color actually in this, in this sequence yeah. where the portals are opening up and they bring different light. Cause they've done this thing where because they blew up the base, everything's got this cloud and it's ashy and it's dark, yep. even though it was totally midday a second ago, but yeah. because they had this huge explosion, you can say, well, now it's all dark and there's clouds and ash and whatnot. Yeah. And so now by throwing in these colorful moments and sort of to my comparison against the Transformers, you never know, you never wonder who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Right. Right. You yeah. do have a little, it's a little much of the, lots of these meaningless um, uh, uh, mouth leg creature. I don't know what they're called. Um, yeah, just the, like the, the hordes of. The Loki things. <laughs> the the things. legs and teeth. I don't yeah. know, they're just legs and teeth. <laughs> there's, there's a little much of that. Um, I do think that they sort of, I would have liked to see uh, the children of Thanos be a little tougher in this sequence than they ended up being, but I also sort of don't care. It was just fun. And it, it wasn't like turn off your brain fun. You had to suspend a few things. Like I'm saying, you had to, you had to ignore a couple of little hinky moments here and there. Right. But overall it, it's not ridiculous, right? There's a lot of ridiculous action scenes in a lot of movies. Uh, this is not one of them. Yeah, for for what it is, right? Which is a comic book movie, right? Like, so yeah. as as a Marvel nerd, like you listen immediately, Scarlet Witch and anything with Captain Marvel 
you just have to pretend it's happened. Like, you know what I mean? You just have to go, all right, this is fine. We're just going to do it the way they're doing it. And you have to sort of like not think about how much easier those scenes could have been because, <laughs> because they could right. have been, but that's okay. Uh, but for the most part, I do, I tend to think that everything else plays pretty well. There's not, I agree with you that there's like the, again, I'm here for the cheap scene personally. Like, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for that. That's fine. I like, I like fan service. Like it's, it's okay. The rest of it, is I think pretty good because I also like that there's a, there's a couple of like, you know, these guys are losing a little bit. They are getting, you know, their teeth kicked in. They didn't establish Thanos's army at all. So it was just sort of like, there's a lot of them. Um, right. But al- also like this time, cause I watched it four times um, when I was writing this just cause it was fun. Uh, but the, the E-Bombay hits different now that Chadwick's gone. Like I was like, like it really got me in the feels when he just like walks out and you're like, Oh cool. And then he screams Ibambe and you're like, Oh God. <laughs> like It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like that whole, that whole scene is going to give me chills. Probably. I hope for the rest of my life. I hope, I hope that that movie is always as cool to me as it is right now. Cause it's so cool. That scene is so cool. <laughs> I, I'm assuming you have watched it, but if you have not, there's a particular audience reaction video to, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, seen it's all so good. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's so good. Uh, another, by the way, weird little interesting thing I learned recently is the the Ibambe scene. You know, they did this before they filmed um, Black Panther, right? So they so the the cast who was in uh, Endgame, who was also in Black Panther, had to teach all of the Black Panther cast the Ibambe thing. Yeah, which I thought was kind of neat. That's so cool. I also forgot how how good they were during the battle scene of like sprinkling in. Like if you just watch that in like halftime, you, there's so many people that you'll see fighting. Like they really did include everybody. Like everybody's there and they all have at least a moment or two, um, which aside from fan service is really difficult to pull off. Like that's a lot to ask. Right. Uh, it's just a very satisfying scene. But also removing myself from the Marvel Universe and all that stuff, it's really impressive, like big scale, right? Like to your point, I love the use of color and, and the lack of color in certain instances, right? Like the yeah. Captain Marvel really jumps out because of that Ash thing. When she does that power through everybody, it's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like right. there's just a lot of that, which is fun. Yeah, this is a great pick and we're going to share it. So you get to go again. <laughs> All right, we'll do. By the way, this is what I'll, I'll also establish. I've only picked one title for a given franchise. So this will be my only MCU title, even though I have clear affection for other MCU movies. This is the one for my list this week. Oh, interesting. To be to be fair. To be fair. I didn't even think about going back into the MCU after I picked this one because I was just like, it's the assemble scene and that's the end. There's nothing else that would come close. I, I would say the Battle of New York in the first Avengers movie was exceptionally well done that's and true. I've rewatched it fairly recently. But since I had to pay, if there, there can be only one, this is the one. There can be only one. At the time when that scene had happened, it was would have been like, oh my god, what? I mean, do you remember that? Like, there had been nothing like that. Even even rewatching movies like in, uh, Armageddon and Independence Day, ain't nothing compared to that Avengers. No, from New York. no, no. Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Okay, continuing the list, and and again in the all of these are worthy in so many ways, but this is uh this is one that I'm curious if you if it made your cut. 1980. Okay. IMDb's 15th of all time. Okay. Inclu- cast, you probably know this one. Cast includes Frank Oz and James Earl Jones. Okay. 
And the five words I will give you are turn away, slam the door. Okay, so I love that these are all music. This is all lyrics. Quotes, lyrics slash quotes. Okay, Um, so this is Star Wars. This is, which one? Uh, 1980 would be, uh, I'm so bad at this. This Uh, is so sad. Yeah, 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 it's okay. Be as sad as you want. I feel fine. Um, Well, only because you have to know the first Star Wars movie came out in the 70s. That's all you have to remember. Yeah, but this, uh, but that doesn't mean were two of them in the seventies. No, just one. No, no, I, I, I. So this, this is return. Just, this is, I don't know. No, this is Empire. I'm very sad right now. I'm, 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 I'm sangry. I'm sangry. You can be sangry. A little sad and a I'm angry. sorry to let you down, but just so you know, this was one of the angles that I said Jeremy can take that I won't. And I didn't know. Is this the like? So which which scene specifically are you talking? About? This is this is the Battle of Hoth, the Hoth. ice planet okay. in Empire Strikes Back. Which let me tell you, seven year old or maybe I was eight, Jeremy, like this was a thing out of this is a thing you might have envisioned in your head. Like what a cool sci-fi land like i don't think as a kid i ever dreamed up what that would be like on an ice planet per se so just taking the ice out of it but like sure when those adats show up i mean i can still sort of feel that like you want to talk about chill nostalgia kind of thing there had been nothing like that in the movie and these you know the remember the empire in a way, I think thanks to the prequels and, and especially thanks to the sequel trilogy, the Empire becomes a little bit more laughable in this era. At the time, like the Empire, like we didn't realize as kids that the stormtroopers couldn't hit any target they shot at ever. Right, <laughs> right. Right. Because right? our childhood was like this and G.I. Joe and the A team, at which nobody ever got shot. Like ever. shots didn't matter. Like, <laughs> that's the guns didn't kill, whatever the guns don't kill people yeah they really didn't kill people because nobody <laughs> can hit a target but that sequence where they're coming out and like they're the, the the rebels are coming to get their trenches and you've got this like trench warfare thing going on and then you got these whatever plasma or ion cannons the shield generator thing the way you've got the holograms working for the the people piloting the adats Luke showing up and being the big hero and like do the, the, the skimmers, whatever those things were called. I've forgotten all the names. I didn't, I used to know them and had them. I had all those toys. I'd still argue that whole sequence holds up exceptionally well. I've watched it in the past few years with my boys as they got into star Wars. It's a great fight scene. I, you know, they, I think they gave it a nice homage in episode eight. Yep. You know, they, they, in a way that actually I think probably criticizes Aid a little too much, like, which is a you know I actually thought it's a great but flawed movie. Um, is that weird to say it's a great movie with flaws? That's okay. Uh, but the battle for Hoth, both just from a nostalgia perspective, again in sort of one of those defines the mold of how you do certain things, um, and the introduction of a concept like the Adats. I, I would almost argue that all the way until Return of the King, with the elephants charging those. You know, you, you almost don't have anything like it until that moment. Maybe, gosh, I, I really can't think of something at that level where you've got a fantasy thing that is so big and overwhelming that you can't imagine what you're going to do about it. So, Battle for Hoth, buddy. 
So I wasn't sure for some reason this one hot didn't stick out to me. I I wasn't sure if you were going to make a case for the trench run in return because I think you could, um, but it felt a little too individualistic. Like there wasn't enough scale there. Um, So I, I had a feeling that Star Wars would make your list. Um, but I wasn't for some reason. And now all I can think of is Bill Hader doing the impression of a dying Tauntaun, which makes me laugh so hard every time. <laughs> JT, uh, can I put you on the spot and have you find that and edit it in right about now? <laughs> okay, I hope that happened. Otherwise, we just lost a bunch of audiences on that long, awkward pause. Um, okay, no, this is a great pick. So like I like so I thought about the Star Wars universe and the thing is like there's a lot of scenes. Most of them are fights, right? Like there's not yes. there's not a ton of battling. There's a lot of fighting or even if there is battle, it's focused on a fight inside of a battle. Uh which is why the trench run to me from Return was the one where I was like Jeremy could pick this cuz I think you could make the argument. And to be honest, <coughs> for some reason Hoth just didn't happen in my head. I don't know why. It just didn't. That's all right. I I had so again, it's my only Star Wars pick. I do. I would consider that uh, actually, for just doing pure scenes and not movies, I had to note that the Attack of the Clones has two really strong scenes. The opening bit where they're in space—it's probably the best space battle filmed for a Star Wars movie, and it's a bit short. And then also the whole land battle, which is basically childhood Jeremy's hoping for like this crazy sci-fi action scene that Lucas perfectly delivers on, and otherwise pretty mad movie and right. i think i'm being generous with the meh yeah i think you could drop the m and just go eh. yeah <laughs> but no uh i didn't the, the trench runs a fun scene but i don't think of it it's not really battle-esque it's more like it's you know if we were going to have a run the gauntlet top five so it'd certainly make that cut oh for sure for sure all right well i'm sorry i let you down on the timing but it was a thing that i was prepared to let you down on so here we are 1977 1980 and 1983 that's yeah. all. That's it. That's it. Very I, easy. I get it, man. I get it. But I got all these Prince lyrics in my head. I can't get out. I only got so much space. Um. All right. I'm going to go with my next one is. Yeah, I'm going to go with July 21st, 2017. 2017, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Curious. Curious, curious. Oh, because we have no. Oh, I have a guess. Okay. Let's hear a couple of casts. I'll give you Kenneth Brana and Harry Styles. Well, that's particularly interesting, and I don't think it's the movie I was thinking of now. What are the uh, five words? Screening, swimming, slinking, screaming, safety. Swimming. You're all about the water. So the, the one I was thinking of originally was Kingsman. Um, oh, interesting. But but I sort of reduced that to a, in my head that was a fight scene. I, I but I thought you might pull it. Um, Same. Uh, is this uh, Dunkirk? This is Dunkirk. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen it, so I had to guess on. I don't even. I forgot that Kenneth Branagh was in it. I didn't even know about hairstyles. Yeah. So so here, this is kind of cheating um, because this is basically just like a hundred minute battle scene. To be honest, like the, the whole story, but specifically what I'm talking about is the evacuation scene, which is towards the end. Um, this, okay. is a, this is a historical thing, so I don't feel bad sure. about spoiling anything. Um, <laughs> basically, Christopher Nolan did a lot of Christopher Nolan-y things. 
and again, like really, really muted, like filmed on location, um, just sound, like incredible use of sound, incredible use of silence, uh, the London fog, like, like, like this idea of how dark it was, um, the scale of the amount of, of soldiers they got. Uh, his The extra work in this movie is among the best I've seen in the past decade because there's a lot of them and they all had to do something really specifically good. Um, like because it like they're, all their faces matter and the way Nolan shoots stuff, everybody's in frame. Of course, <laughs> like, of course like, they are. Like nobody's not in frame. Everybody is in frame. So just the the idea that the idea and the scale of how they had to do this, like there's a scene where a Spitfire like lands on the beach and it's just wild. Like they really shot this stuff. Like it's not CGI. Like he's a crazy person. He's Nolan and he has all the money in the world. <laughs> Uh, so he just did whatever he felt like doing. Um, he also made some really interesting choices like the so Dunkirk happens in land on scene in the air. It's three stories of the same evacuation. Right. right. And he ties them together absolutely beautifully. But then he also has all these nods to the land, sea and air throughout, like even just the title card Dunkirk is blue, gray and sand. And it fades okay. that way. Like he he does all these Nolan-y things, which are really fun. The other thing that I thought was incredible about this is uh, there is not a single German soldier visible until the final shot of the film. Really? So he creates the fear through sound, through shadows and all this other stuff. But until the end, and it's like you don't see... The, so there's nothing. It's an invisible monster, which probably is kind of how like it felt when you're sitting on a beach hoping to God someone comes and gets you. Right. Like just, it was a really, really, it, the intensity of Dunkirk is so, so severe. And um, the intensity of the evacuation scene in particular, because again of the scale, it was just like, it's really, it's some of Nolan's better work. Like, and he's got a really impressive catalog to pull from, but like this scene, all the things he didn't do that would have been on brand for Nolan in this scene is what makes it so good because the few things that he chose to do are so intense. Like this is very similar to like watching um, what's the movie with Alex that we talk about the, the climbing kid free, free solo free solo where like, you know how it ends. It's a historical thing. Like it's like watching right. the Titanic and getting sad. The boat sinks. It's like, you know how this is going to go down now there. Obviously they can play with your emotions through individual characters and stuff. But the, like the, I think I've talked about this to you just off air before. The lack of dialogue in this movie is astounding. <laughs> like it's a 90 minute runtime plus it's all 100 minute runtime plus. There's like if there was 20 pages of dialogue total, it'd be a lot. Wow. Like there's just they don't talk. And it's because it's what's happening. It's so intense, dude. You really got to see Dunkirk. No, I intend to. It, it's sort of in the can't can't do a can't watch it while rowing. Is sort of the no. category fits into because I need I, I want the one I want the one long view yeah. on the big big screen at home. So you need yeah I big need, screen and yeah. audio. The audio on this is so important. It's so important. Right. You, you can't headphone this movie. So I need to send my family on a trip so I can just stay home and watch the thing. All right, get it done, man. Okay, Petter patter. Let's get at her. All let's, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two more to go in the top five. So we'll go to nineteen ninety five. Uh, IMDb's 84th movie of all time. This is, by the way, the the most 
top 100 IMDb movies I've ever had in my top five, but which is interesting. It tells us a little bit about what IMDb's audience. So I'll give you Brian Cox and Brendan Gleeson. Okay. And my five words is, I want to see you be. I just figured out what you're doing with um, your top five, which is very clever. Uh, so we're going to share this one too. So uh, face paint, fannies, fisticuffs, freedom. Braveheart. Braveheart. A movie that has not aged particularly well, I find. I find that the pacing is just, it just drags. I, I, I can't watch it anymore and not find it dragging because I kind of just want to get to this big battle scene. Yeah. But this battle scene is epic. Yeah. So you're t- yeah, the Battle of Sterling Bridge, literally the note that I wrote is I've watched this easily 25 plus times in my life, which is amazing considering how aggressively bloated this movie is. <laughs> right. The mo- that's the thing. The movie is highly bloated, yeah. right? There's like a few stories going on here. And at the time I loved it, by the way, this was one of my many rewatched, you know, and this is the end of my college time, a roommate of mine um, at the, who, who loved this movie and just sort of introduced it to us. And we just watched it over and over again. Two tapes, Jeremy, this had two tapes. There was two VHS tapes right. for this movie. That's how long this movie was. I, I had the box set. Same. So the thing that I, I still remember to this day, is says, this was your first time ever where you have two sides with lots of people and they just straight up charge at each other. Mm-hmm. And, and then they put the camera in the middle. Mm-hmm. Absolute brilliance. It, it needs to be on the list just for just for doing it. Just for that reason alone. You wouldn't have the Phantom Menace uh, robot Gungan battle, which doesn't make the cut because it's no stakes and it's a worthless scene. Yep. Uh, sorry, prequel nerds, but it's just not a good fight scene. It's utterly, utterly meaningless. As opposed to the Braveheart version, where the stakes really, really matter, and they're people, so it's, you know, death. Mm-hmm. And again, the camera work is good. It's probably one of those really rare times where a little shaky cam here and there works in its advantage. Mm-hmm. Now, so you watched it a lot. When was your, this is, you're like 10 when this comes out, huh? Oh, yeah. So when did you actually, were you at, at 10. 10? Oh, oh, yeah. oh boy. Yeah. Did you watch the whole movie when you were 10? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we get, we should talk. Well, <laughs> well, so yeah, I, I grew up in a house. My mom was pretty liberal with like the, if you think you can hang, you can hang. Uh, I grew up so deeply rooted in Irish culture. And this movie, although it's about Scotland, like there is Irish undertones to it. And it was just a thing that I like this movie blew my 10 year old mind. Like the, the, I like, I remember, remember asking my mom if they killed horses for this movie, because like, that's how serious it felt, Mm. right? Like it was just a completely different experience than anything I had seen. Um, and subsequently have watched it. Uh, I mean, literally I tried to think about the number because you're always like, Oh, I watched a hundred times. I've probably seen this movie cover to cover 25 times, which considering how long it is, that is three days worth. Like that's two and a half days of my life that I've dedicated to William Wallace, which is wild. Um, especially considering how historically inaccurate a lot of this is. Um, but yeah, this movie was just epic, man. Like it was the most epic thing. I remember there was a, my friend, Mike um, Scattergood when I was a kid, like we both watched this like together once and it was like the most wild thing we had ever seen. I was 10. So we're like in the backyard with face paint on. 
right? Wow. Screaming freedom. Like we're still playing. Like I'm still, I'm old enough to be playing still. And it was just a crazy thing. And it, it shaped the way I expected battle scenes to be done. I remember this movie ruined video games for me for a long time because they could never get a video game to scale like that. Interesting. Like I, I wanted to wield a sword in a room full of a hundred other people so bad and they could never do it. It was always like three guys. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember like mid nineties video games. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Yeah, that was just before you had your Total Wars and all those kind of. Yeah, none of that stuff. Ha- I, I remember, I think I had like a computer game of this. and But it was more like an RPG thing where you had to set your army up and let them battle. But you at least got to watch them battle, which was cool. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted the meat in the middle thing. I wanted, right. you know, I mean, listen, Game of Thrones perfected it, right? Like all those sure. scenes are... Like they came from here. This is the first time where it was just like, yeah, let's just do all the scale. Right. Nice. Uh, so wait, so is this an official pick of yours too? Oh yeah. This, this was, I was sitting on this one because for some reason I, you and I talked about, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not, but you and I have talked about how this movie's actually not a particularly good movie. So I wasn't sure if you were going to skate this one because the movie itself is not so good, even though the battle of Sterling bridge is like, epic like it's such an epic thing so i was kind of hoping to own this generationally even though it probably falls more directly into your camp than mine because not a lot of 10 year olds probably saw it uh oh no i'm 22 and this is like you want to talk about yelling freedom like we're driving around pittsburgh yelling freedom like this is this is as impactful i think across all generations because you know the first few times you see especially at different ages it it was a very meaningful story. It was a story that hadn't been told. It was a story that was well told. It just doesn't, I just don't think it holds up in modern filmmaking. I think at the time you wouldn't have walked out and said, this isn't a good movie. First of all, the nineties were full of bloat. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot like nineties movies got long and then they figured out not to do that for a little while. And then they started getting long again. Yeah. You know, guys, 90 to 120 minutes. It's all you need for most stuff. Unless of course, you have hobbits in a ring, in which case take all the time you would like. Take all the time you want. What, so the one thing I learned about this, which made me um, kind of smile, is so I would argue that Mel Gibson on that horse and during the speech before they charge is is one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. Is that fair? Yeah. Right? So in shooting it, every time Mel Gibson would yell his line, his horse would run. That was not planned. It was just huh. the horse was reacting to him screaming. And so it made it way, way more hard to shoot. So they had to like move the camera back and like change some stuff, but the horse just wasn't having it. But now like, could you imagine him doing that sitting still? It's <laughs> like, amazing. Like that'd be a wildly different scene. Right. But the horse reacting was so good. I like, yeah, that, that scene's so good. It's, so it's great. Good. It's great. I think it's also probably one of those first, like, like psyching up the gang kind of thing before battle was definitely, I don't think we had seen too much things like that before. Nothing I can really think of. So into my last pick also in the nineties, 1992. Okay. For, for, for first and only so far, that's not in the IMB top 100, not deliberate cast will be Pete Postlethwaite and Madeline Stowe. I know. I love Pete Postlethwaite. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. And the five words this time will be, and my axe, my bow. Yeah, I got nothing. This is, 
I, I was trying to come up with a better five words. This is as close as I got because there is ax, a lot of axe and bow use in this movie, and it's still a quote. Uh, this is Last of the Mohicans. Fun story. Never seen it. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So put that one up. I, I mean, your list of things you haven't seen that you should see is... This is Michael Mann, so if you, I know you like Heat, so yeah. I might say this is my favorite of his work. So I'll drop that. I know how well respected this movie is. Like it's like it it is an incredibly well respected movie. It's just yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was way too young when it came out, and by the time I was old enough to like stuff like this, it was old. Oh, interesting. I look. I have not seen this movie. I can tell you, I saw this. Uh, about 19 years ago, one of the first, uh, you know, movie date nights with my wife was, uh, I, I think I had it on DVD or whatever. And my wife is notorious for falling asleep while we're watching stuff. And she fell asleep like two thirds of the way through this movie, which again, it's a pretty high action movie. It's got its slow moments, but it's mostly action. And I was like, how is a person falling asleep to this? But uh, <laughs> 20 years later and uh, just had our anniversary. Love you. <laughs> but uh, Last of the Mohicans battle scenes are amazing. Uh, I don't want to go into too much depth for you who haven't seen it, but it, but I would say not as strong as, as Saving Private Ryan in regards to use of fog of war, use of camera work, and, and even sound, but like a really solid predecessor, right? That one of those first times where clearly the sound mix mattered a lot because you have scenes where the uh, the Mohican tribe members are running through the woods during some of the battles and you're hearing bullets zipping by them as like the sharpshooters are trying to do stuff. I, 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 like, I want to talk about it not at the same time. Uh, it's one of those... It, it's in that Dances with Wolves category where you've got the multiple styles of warfare happening at the same time because you yeah. have the kind of scrappy Americans against the formal, structured British... And Daniel Day-Lewis is great in this. Russell Means, who plays the, I believe he's the chief of the Mohican tribe, is great in this. Uh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I, I really think you would enjoy it. Um, I'm curious if it holds up. I'm happy to give it a rewatch just to uh, just to re-vouch if need be. Yeah, look, this is a movie. My mom loved this movie. Like I, I remember people in my world absolutely loving this movie. I remember still, like, still to this day, when Daniel Day Lewis comes up, people will will mention this. And this is one of those like embarrassing movies that I just don't. I'm just like, yeah, he's great, and then I don't say anything because I know that this is a movie that I probably should have seen. It's just yeah. literally like because it came out. What'd you say? It came out like ninety four, ninety two. No, no, yeah. it's a while back. Yeah. So, so like, but yeah, I just I missed it clearly. And then by the time I was old enough to probably want to see a movie like that, Braveheart had happened. And so it just didn't, it just didn't speak to me at all. Yeah. I wonder, I, I would, I would surmise Last of the Mohicans is more rewatchable than Braveheart for a lot of reasons, including Braveheart is just so heavy and yeah. Mohicans is much less so. Um, it's a, it's, it's a good one. Also, by the way, top at least 20, if not 10, movie scores of all time absolutely phenomenal music you've probably heard it in other pre they use it in trailers for other movies and things yeah, like probably. that so all right well passing the ball back to you sir no that's it i oh we, that's we, our fives we shared right. so many so now we're right on the contender pile my friend so you got my shtick right so have fun defending the castle is a quote from princess bride but it's yep. about the castle we've got turn away slam the doors from frozen 
Yep. The ice planet of Hoth. Got it. Not going to waste my shot is referencing the one shot from Doctor Strange to Iron Man. They had one shot to get it right. Got it. That's not where I was. That's not what I thought you were doing, but okay. You know, it's it's like that mystery theme in the uh, trivia I was telling you about. Uh, I want to see you be brave, brave. Sarah Burrell. That yeah. one I got. Uh, Saving All My Love For You by Whitney Houston. Yep. And My Axe and My Bow, that's from Lord of the Rings. But the heavy use of axe and bows in uh, Mohicans, I thought, was close-ish. Got it. By the way, I have more of these for Pong, so now you've, oh, I now know. you've got the theme. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were doing a Hamilton thing where I'm not going to not going to miss my shot, but <clears throat> it worked with Thanos. So. <laughs> got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so now we'll do our Pong. So this is where we play a game of Pong back and forth, quick hits, nothing too deep, although we sometimes break that rule and go a little deep, but we'll see where we go. Uh, all right, I'm going to start. So this is the, the, the only one that I'm going to give any airtime to is this one. So right. 1985, my five words are flags, fire, father, failure, flops. I'm guessing because I actually have not seen. Is this is this uh, born on the 4th of July? No, it's not. So this is Kurosawa's Ran. Oh. And the Siege of the Third Castle was the one where. So this is like an iconic scene in the sense that his use of color really People always talk about the use of color. Big red flags, big yellow flags. So this movie is the one that should have been up there instead of Anchorman. But I struggled with <laughs> it because um, there's actually not a lot of battling. You're just sort of okay. in a battle. So there's lots of arrows and there's like some people dying and stuff. But like it's not, it's it's really more of a siege, right? Like the, the I don't want to ruin the movie, but like it's also from 1985. So you get over yourself. Um it's it's an attack that it's sort of unmet, right? A battle in, in, implies both sides are fighting. <laughs> like right. this is the siege of the third castle. It's like what it's known as. It's because they sieged it, so they're not really fighting back. It's really just one side fighting and one side dying. Well, that, that's battle esque. I'll accept. I'll accept the siege. Yeah, I mean, I think as it, listen, Contender Pong for sure. Visually, this is Kurosawa's last movie. It's absolutely stunning. It belongs on the list way so way more so than Anchorman. Uh, but I wanted to make myself laugh, and I just did. So I stand behind my choice. <laughs> I, I'm good with it. 2003. No, it's going to be all right. I don't know. Do you know the song? Uh, I was I'm, I went Bob Marley immediately, but. It's going to be all right now. Uh, that would be Revolution by the Beatles. By, yeah. Okay. And so Matrix Revolutions. Oh. Oh. Those, yeah. One of those movies that doesn't belong in a lot of lists. Um, oh. As much as I wanted to love the franchise, only the first one really works. But the battle of the whatever the squid uh, squid thingies against all the dudes in mech suits. Again, it's... Like the premise of the scene is absurd and makes no sense whatsoever. Right. But the filming of the scene and that battle sequence, if you're going to have, like, if we're going to say, well, okay, fine, this is the world, then in that world, they do a stellar job with this sequence. Uh, you yeah. do have a sense of where things are in the room, you have a sense of the action. They don't go too. A lot of movies do this mistake where, like, the, like the squid. One time, like, you need 100 guys shooting one squid to kill it, and the next time, one superhero can kill 100 squids with one shot. They don't do that very much in Revolutions, actually, and I respect them for that. And, I, again, I think they orchestrate the scene really nicely. 
the kids going back and forth to get the ammo. Like it's thought out. Like I don't, it still makes no sense that they make these mech suits and not put shields on their bodies. Like right. the fleshy part is pretty vulnerable. Yep. You know, yep. like you might want to protect all of the head area from a human being from yep. squids with lasers or whatever. Yep. But other than that, if you're going to say that's what they do, they do it really well. It's clearly like they, they think through how they would have had this fight work. And I respect them for it. Yeah. One of my biggest pet peeves with the Matrix in general, all of them, is that you have all of this crazy advanced technology and Thread is giving you a really hard time because everybody's got holes in their clothes. And I understand the idea of like natural materials not being around, but like grow up. Like that's such right. a dumb, clearly like <laughs> you're just trying to like make a point about like how they live. It was just so lazy. Uh, that's a good pick. I totally forgot about the Matrix franchise because I just thought of that as fight scenes. So well done. Thanks, uh, next one, 2007, Wizards, Beasts, Soldiers, Hallway, Spy. <laughs> Not sure which one, but on my list of something I thought JT would pick. Is this a Harry Potter movie? No. Oh, you said Wizards. I figured it's straight up like, because there's a lot of, like the last couple have a bunch of battles, right? Yeah, to be honest, I've seen the Harry Potter franchise through probably once, and I've maybe seen a couple of the movies once or twice. My wife has read the books and loves that whole thing. I don't really care. Oh, wow. Very non... Because that is that is definitely your jam. Yeah, I, I very specifically didn't do it. Like I was, mm-hmm. I, was, I was the teenager when that was happening, so everybody's like, oh my god, you have to read Harry Potter. And I was like, oh yeah? And then I didn't. <laughs> hmm. That's why I didn't listen to you 2 in the 80s. Alright, so, same reason. Bad reason, but same reason. Um, so, Wizard 2007? Yep. Oh. Hmm. Is this... Oh, the Heath Ledger. Nope. What's that movie? You know what I'm talking about? Whether Last the, Night? Yeah, the, the funny. It's like it's like sort of silly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. that. It's a Knight's Tale, and it's not that. Knight's Tale, thank you. Uh, no, then I, uh, you have stumped me. This is uh, The Battle of Thermopylae and 300. Oh, yeah, 300's also on the list. Sorry. <laughs> there we go. There was, yeah. JT will pick 300. That's written down here. I really thought you'd have a Harry Potter. Okay. 1997. Uh, oh, we're not doing the... Well, Clancy Brown is in this, so I'm just saying that because I, I know we love Clancy Brown. I love Clancy Brown. Uh, this is We Built This City. All right. Oh, rock and roll. Uh, we Built This City. What would be a battle where you built a city? Well, remember, uh, this, the theme could work for so many different ways. I know. Or it could be just like this is just a, a fight in Detroit. I don't know. What is it? Who, who recorded the song? Uh, I'm having a real life. Oh, you're blanking. No problem. Yeah, we, we won't. Uh, we won't drag you through the mud. Starship Troopers. Oh, okay. The ba- the the final bug battle scene. Tons of fun. You know, we again new, very new. Like this, the pra- we're still at that like last era of practical into CGI special effects. And I think for a 1997 movie, this this hey actually it holds up as a movie much better than I thought it would. But the battle scene in particular was just so much fun. And I liked it. Uh, All right. Let's do 2003 Blades, Bullets, Battling, Top Knots. Is this The Last Samurai? It is. Nice. Nice, nice. I got this later on. Okay. All right. All right. 2014, (laughs) The Sun Will Come Out. 
Edge of Tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> the first time the first time they land on the beach and go through it, it's a very long version of it. Uh, plus the way they reconstruct the scene, and clearly it was done thoughtfully because everybody's in the same position. If you watch that a few times over, you start to realize like it's done perfectly every time. The blocking on that's awesome. Uh, and I just love it. I love that there's a bit of comedy with his the buddy, the guy gets blown, the, the big fat dude, and and then also just takes itself very seriously in, in a really healthy way. And I love Doug Liman's work. So edge it tomorrow. That's great. Um, so my next one is going to be 2002. Uh, B.A. Bunny's Bustling Big Bats. What year? 2002. Bustling. I'm, I'm, is this Batman Begins? No. So this is uh, Gangs of New York, and this is the Battle for oh. the Five Corners, uh, which the end is the Dead Rabbits, is the, hence the B.A. Bunny's. Um, I just really actually like that scene, like that battle, because it is like it's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, and Daniel Day-Lewis, there's like fighting, but then there's also the battle happening around it. It's like a smaller scale uh, version of what they did in Braveheart. It's just really fun. Nice. Um, this is probably the biggest stretch on the five words. Not that they're all not stretches. Um, <laughs> all I want to do is. Zoom, a zoom, zoom, zoom and a boom, boom. No, see, I knew the lyrics weren't good enough. Um, if you want to hear shotgun, what about uh, cocking a gun that noises immediately after that? Three times. All I want to do, I'm having a hard time getting past the zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. I, I, am, I thought you might go with Cheryl Crow too. No, I was trying to get you the paper planes. Okay. And then the paper, because it's newsies. Oh, all I want to do, a click, click, click. Yeah, and a, so. Gotcha. This is the scene in Newsies where they have the big skirmish. This is my ridiculous entry in the list because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, not a good movie at all. No. And then the Brooklyn kids show up with their slingshots. Yeah. And it takes itself so seriously that it's like, it's like good, good on you for doing this one, guys. Yeah. And I had, so this is my silly, this is my anchorman for this week. That's great. That's a good one. Uh, all right. My last Pong is, so 2003 and it's a, uh, Females Fury, Flail, Flawless Fatality. Oh, three? Oh, three. Is there any... Uh, is this the one... Is this the Zack Snyder um, Sucker Punch? Nope. Hmm. So this actually... So you mentioned this earlier. This is the 1v many, but because of the scale of this, I just I, I had it in, and this is why I couldn't put it in my top five because it's a little bit cheaty. Uh, but Kill Bill Volume 1, the Crazy 88 scene where it's Uma versus the Crazy 88, that's a lot of people. So even though it's 1v many, in my head, it's a it takes on battle-like things. Um, it's also just a really, really fun scene. And I got to use the word flail because that's the when you have a spike on the end of a rope thing. And that's like that's what that's actually. Yeah. And so I was excited because it works kind of on two levels in the, in the five words. Nice. Uh, last one for me, 1991. The blank brings you back. The heart. The hook. Blues Traveler. So, yeah, that's what was in my head. And for some reason, I immediately was like, the hook. So, the, so hook, a battle in hook. Yeah, the last fight with the Lost Boys and the, and the Pirates. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it's, it's all just a lot of fun. This is less like oh. ridiculous, like uh, newsies. Rufy, oh. Okay, so this is reason why I picked this. I want to talk about this for just a few seconds. Given that we have shows like Cobra Kai, should there not be a Disney Plus ten episode series called Rufio and the yeah. Lost Boys? Yes. Yes. Right? And that guy who played Rufio, whose name I'm blanking on right now, I'm sorry for you. You're great. Uh, he's super active on TikTok right now. Like he has like a very big TikTok following because he like still hangs out with people from because he did a bunch of other stuff in that time frame too. Um, and he was like a Disney kid. So yeah, I'm I'm so here for a Rufio. Story. There's a Willow thing happening. They did Mighty Ducks. Bring us. Ru- I mean Rufio. Like just tell the story of before Pan comes back. Yeah. Just set us up right there, and it's and it's the whole on the island. You could yeah, probably even get Dustin Hoffman to do it. De-age him a little bit. Oh, he'd be great. He'd be great. Or, yeah, it'd be great. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, all right, let's get moving. So I'm, I'm calling it the Fast Five. I don't care. <laughs> I, I was like going to call it the Five Fast because, you know, all the lawyers listening to our podcast. Nah, we're good. Don't We just won't. We just can't sell merch. All right, so I'm going to run through mine really quickly. Gladiator, Lawrence of Arabia, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Kingdom of Heaven. All right, so Gladiator was another JT bingo right there. Um, <laughs> my five, uh, Terminator 2, the, the future battle sequence. Not long, but there's one in there, and I think it's great. Uh, Patton, Lawrence of Arabia, Last Samurai, and Glory. Got it. Yeah, Glory, for some reason, I had it on my list and then didn't. So the only thing we didn't talk about is the two angles I thought you would go. So the one was sci-fi, which you can do harder than I can. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'll probably miss something. The other one was old. Like, I really felt like 40s, 50s, when they were still doing war movies, I'm like, Jeremy has that in his bank. I don't. Like, I just don't have them. So I was positive Lawrence of Arabia was going to be in your top five. Like, positive. So what happened is it, it was, uh, so was Patton because they're the, the Patton tank battle is amazing. Sure. And I started really thinking about it and recognized I haven't seen either in a tremendously long time. We're talking 20, 20 or so years. And because of that, I couldn't feel like I could sit here and talk about it for a few minutes and I didn't have the time to rewatch them. So I acknowledge that there's probably, I mean, yeah, I'll climb the Western front. Um, Again, the longest day. Yeah, is longest amazing. day. Yeah. But I don't remember the battle scene well enough to sit here and say that battle scene was great or not. I'm sure it was. Right. But uh, and same even for Lawrence of the Arabia, I just can't recall the details enough to sit here and say makes my absolute top five. I'm I'm sure if I did rewatch them, if this was my job and I got to rewatch these movies all week long, right. I think it would be a different list, right? But sure. Zulu also should be here somewhere. Yeah, so that's um, one I've, you know. I've never seen. So, anyhow. Uh, the, by the way, the last goofy one I had for you... I actually... No, a ser- two serious ones I ha- thought you would pick. Uh, I said before Harry Potter. Uh, I thought you might have gone with the Planet of the Apes reboot series. Mm-hmm. I thought the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes had some really great stuff in it. It did, by the way. And I also thought you might have gone with the Lego movie. Because I thought you might be trying to get me on something. And I figured the Lego movie might, would be one. I did try to think through all of the animated stuff to be like, okay, can I find something in here that works? And uh, the more I put my list together, I was like, nah, this is the Anchorman. Like I, I once I had Anchorman, I'm like, take the take the list seriously now because that's so absurd. I'm like, that's yeah. an absurd entry, and so I should probably be serious for the rest of it. And so I tried to be pretty serious for the rest of it. 
I, I think one, by the way, that I, I definitely have to watch a couple more times. And if you haven't seen it, it's absolutely worth watching. Is this new Netflix, uh, Mitchell's, The Mitchells and the Machines. Um, oh, I've heard. Good. Yeah, I think it's a little older than Lennon's Ready For. I think you would just like it because it's solid. It's funny. I think that one probably could make this kind of a list if I gave it a couple more watches. Um, okay. All but right. We'll see if I have the time. All right. Uh, so that means next week, uh, and it's up to me, right? Next week's all you, buddy. All right. So next week, we're going to do our top five movies in space. Set in outer space. Yeah. So we're going to do uh, basically any movie that took place in outer space. Should we talk like that the entire time? So no! outer space. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about enough of that. Yeah, for I think the whole... that bit has run its course as of right now. Uh, but what has not run its course is your ability as our loyal listeners to give us things. Well, I don't know. Like, rate us in the app store. You know, yeah, give us ratings. We're going to ask. We're just going to start asking. Go to Instagrams and follow us and go to the Twitters and say nice things and tell your friends because we really enjoy doing this and we love hearing from you guys. Uh, also, obviously, if you have top fives you want us to do, you should tell us. We, we're happy to do whatever you guys want. This is a good time. True story. We'd love to hear it true story uh so that is our favorite battles next week we will be in space i'm not going to do it again but this week thanks for joining the lo-fi top five everybody this is my fight song